Hey everyone, before we even get into this episode, I just want to say, as always, thank you for listening. I appreciate any and all support to anyone who has been listening, plans on listening further, or has subscribed to the podcast or followed me on Twitter. It's all much appreciated. You know, while you're at it, if you haven't followed me on Twitter, be sure to go do that at Katik Chill. That's where I'm going to be putting up any and everything about this podcast. I also have an Instagram and Facebook, but Twitter's where you want to be at if you just want to follow one account and that's the only one i'm gonna be talking about here just because it's tedious to say something about the rest but anyway thank you for the support all right y'all right into this episode once again welcome back to the critique and chill podcast it's your boy cadence and today i'm gonna be going over the image published comic book miniseries halcyon Halcyon is a five-issue comic book miniseries published by Image Comics, and unfortunately, that's why I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to derail myself to interject some context. Image Comics is an American comic book company that was founded in 1992, and the main goal for Image was to be a place where you could publish your creations without giving up the copyright of your characters. And these dudes are the truth. To put it in perspective in terms of where these guys reside in the comic book world, Marvel's Coca-Cola, DC is Pepsi, and Image is RC, just to state how Image compares to the big two. That said, that said, Image is the place to be when you are talking innovation. Almost everything they put out challenges whatever genre it is part of, and if it doesn't redefine it, it redefine its genre, it's at the very least just really, really good. With that said, they're, they are third only because they were somewhat late to the party in terms of comic books. DC Comics started in 1934. The company that would become Marvel Comics started in 1939, with Image starting in 92. But that's not to say they can't compete, because you could really count on one hand the amount of work either DC or Marvel has published that comes anywhere close to anything of that image is put out, and when it comes to the artistic value at least. Which is even more baffling when you consider that the big two have way more material and resources to work with. Aside from their two most well-known staples, Savage Dragon and Spawn, Image has published Tech Jacket, which is essentially Iron Man and Spider-Man without the tedious will-he-won't-he back and forth of the latter, Walking Dead, which threw the zombie genre into the Lazarus Pit because it focused more on how the characters interact with each other, and a plethora of innovational superhero titles like Noble Causes, Invincible, Dynamo 5, and the series I'm going to be talking about in this episode, Halcyon. That's it for the context, I just had to put that out there before I continue. After this quick interlude, I'm going to be speaking about Halcyon. Alright, with the context out of the way, let's get into Halcyon. Halcyon is a superhero comic series that begs the question, what happens when the never-ending crusade for justice comes to an end and the world's heroes have no more crime to stop? The story is one of a mysterious force called GHP, which stands for Global Humanitarian Phenomenon, sweeps the planet, causing crime rates to plummet to a complete stop, to a point where even though people want to actively murder, fight, and steal, and cause wars, they're just not able to, as if some force is compelling them not to. And with that, the world's heroes are left to wonder what their place in the world is now that there's no more crime to stop. The main character in this is Saber, a dark and brooding and slightly homicidal vigilante who searches for a reason why the world has suddenly become a utopia, because he believes that the point of free will is to be able to choose to do the right thing, and that anything that takes away that choice is unnatural and should be destroyed. Before we get into the depth of this series, I just want to get the surface details and nuances out of the way because they are important. I absolutely love how much this book does not pussyfoot around character abilities and skill. While that does lead to some characters being somewhat overpowered, it also manages to give the book 
shock value when it really wants to have it. Example, the Captain America-like hero Jarhead is bulletproof and clearly superhuman, so it doesn't lead to any situations where where you question whether or not he could survive certain things because it is it's clear that he is damn near invincible. The speedster hero Transom has a consistent amount of speed and never fails to do something because of his lack of speed. Unlike the Flash, who despite being faster than light, always finds a way to other the words, I wasn't fast enough, which just gets annoying over time. And when you mix that in with the fact that there is no human crime to stop, it gets to a point where the only hero who can do any hero work is Transom, because he is the only one fast enough to get to the natural disasters, those being the only things causing any trouble because there's no crime. And it's interesting to see how the series simultaneously is able to ask and answer the questions what happens when you're the only one able to rise to the occasion and what happens when you are the only one fast enough the answers of which i won't spoil because they're actually pretty interesting there is a point in the story where a character uses a megaton a megaton bomb on an entire army and just annihilates them and it it while it does turn every single person in the dust and it does seem a little bit extreme and overpowered at the very least, it's precise and it's not danced around because when it's used, the only word we get as a warning is the word pray. So it's not hyped up and it really allows you to feel just as shocked as everyone involved. And as a result, it doesn't feel like the characters are forcing the power or magnitude of something for dramatic effect. The series also had, does a good job of poking fun at common tropes that, or even whole archetypes and character dynamics. The aforementioned character Jarhead is the best example of what a Captain America-like character would be like in the real world. While Captain America is idealistic and would even go against America if it strayed away from its democratic ideals, more so than it already does at least, Jarhead is just another soldier. And just because he is super powerful, he still answers to his superiors and would never dare to go against the commanding officer. The main character, Saber, and his girlfriend, Zenith, are exactly what I would imagine Superman and Batman to be like if one was the opposite sex. Zenith being Superman and Saber being Batman in this, in this case. Most of it lies in the fact that despite how everyone views Saber as an extremist who is taking out his personal issues on criminals, Zenith still treats him with a higher level of respect, and even though you can hear the doubt of others seep into her conversations, she still holds out hope for him to be better, which is all true for Superman and Batman. Where their relationship differs is how it's carried out with a little bit more care because of the fact that they are the opposite sex and in a relationship, and even though Saber has thought of ways to kill Zenith, it's when he says the words I love you to her that really paints the picture of how much he could do good if he wasn't so stuck to his morals and ideas. There's also some stuff like when Saber recalls a fight he had with another super and he explains how it's really just one of those misunderstandings that are just an a reason for supers to fight or um, how he questions the convenience of the supercomputer that the Halcyon, the Justice League-like team in this book, uses despite there being no real reason to record every little detail about their antics. It's just cool to see self-awareness self in a comic book without it getting too into Deadpool level. And after this interlude, we're going to get into the analysis of the book itself. And now into the analysis of Halcyon. And I have to spoil a little bit to go into the deeper details, but not to anything major. 
We find out pretty early that global human humanitarian phenomenon is caused by a device made by the e most evil villain on the planet named Oculus. And while Saber is caught up in the fact that Oculus has won by making the heroes obsolete and how he did so by taking away some facet of free will, the remaining heroes want to protect the device because despite the fact that Oculus did not do it with pure intentions, he did make the world a better place. And while this does raise questions that are not unique to comic books like do the ends justify the means and how far are you willing to go to do the right thing, it flips those on their head by going further into it by asking if the means are all good then can the intent taint the result. And asking does free will mean the free will to rape, rob, and murder, and if so, does that mean you are willing to throw the world into chaos knowing that every bad thing that happens will be your fault just for the sake of choice? Even concepts and ideas that are new to comics are presented. There is one point when Jarhead explains how the explains to a bunch of military figures how the other militaries have are stock like stockpiling weapons and moving troops to key positions, and he says that while GHP is still active, no one can do anything to start a war. But should something happen to make the world normal again and people are able to indulge in their violent impulses, then the increased firepower along with the tension would throw the world's nations into a third world war, which all which adds another layer of tension as to why GHP has to continue. My favorite and the most unique concept introduced is when Saber corrects someone when they say the world is now a paradise. And he says, excuse me, and then the person corrects themselves and says, oh, I meant utopia. This caused me to look up the differences between the two words and really think about what it can mean because normally I would assume that they are just simply synonyms. But because of the fact that the, the series drew attention to it, it made me think about it more. A paradise means it's ideal. A paradise is a place where everything is how it should be for the given circumstances, which means a paradise for a uh, acrobat might not be the same paradise for someone who just really likes cheese. Whereas a utopia is a place where everything is perfect. So a utopia not, might, might not be a paradise to anybody, but everything is quote unquote perfect whatever that could mean. Which is exactly why Saber corrected the person who said paradise, because on one hand you have Saber who believes that ideally free will is what humans need, for better or worse, so whatever that comes with is worth it. But on the other hand, you have GHP causing a utopia which has turned the world into perfection. But it asks the reader, the reader, is perfection a world without free will? And if so, do we want that? And if not, what is perfection in terms of humans? Is perfection a world without pain, or is it a world where you have the choice to not cause it? Is perfection poisonous? And even after reading, I'm not sure I had the answers to these questions. But before I turn this podcast into a philosophical one, keep in mind that everything I just said happens in five issues. This series does in five books what it took Civil War a whole story arc to do, and Civil War only cracked the surface, which shows that even though extended universes and status quo is cool, in most cases it can stop us from really tapping into better ways of storytelling. And that's why it's up to people like Image to keep putting in that work. Halcyon in the series is very much a perfect mix of philosophical conversation within a comic book that doesn't sacrifice the storytelling and world building in order to get the point across. And if I'm being honest, it's one of the only series that I've read that I have no real complaints about and even the small nitpicks come back around into being positives. Like how it's a little jarring at first for the hero names to be kind of weird or like on the nose. Like how you have a hero named Transom and a villain named Oculus or a hero named Jarhead. But that ends up playing into its favor because it seems more like a, co a real 
real, cohesive, and believable world where the names are decided by the characters themselves rather than the creator. And there's no place like DC, for an example, of how this is done wrong when you can have a character like Brainiac be taken seriously. The only other nitpick I could have is Halcyon's art style is not too vibrant, the color palette's kind of meh, and is it's the the characters designs are a lot more streamlined and less comic booky than i'm used to and a lot less comic booky when it comes to superhero comics but that only helps the world seem more grounded because of the more realistic colors and lack of any extravagant uniforms with all that being said there's still so much i didn't go into because it would be a disservice to anyone who hasn't read it before and to all of you who still have not done so go check out halcyon it's really just one of the best series i've ever read and it definitely deserves a read Well, y'all, that is it for this review of Halcyon. For anybody who's been listening, once again, it's much appreciated. Don't forget to go and follow me on Twitter at Critique Chill. That's where I'm going to be posting anything and everything for this podcast. First, I do have a Facebook. I do have an Instagram. But all that's really unnecessary in the grand scheme of things if you're on, if you're following that Twitter. Be, be, you know, you're free to follow all three of them, and it would be much appreciated, but the Twitter is the most important. Also, don't forget that I'm also on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, so if you happen to, you know, dabble in that, then be sure to go through there and subscribe to Critique and Chill, and maybe leave a review or so to get them ratings up, get me to appear in that search bar a little bit more. But aside from that, all and any support is appreciated. Thank you.